Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Ransom Notes. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, welcome back to Catherine Ransom and uh, holidays uh, being what they are. They are over at this point now. We're officially over. It's as we speak. I know different people are going to hear this at different times, but uh, it's January 3rd. So we're past New Year's and we're past Christmas. And I hope uh, everyone had a blessed uh, holiday season and uh, healthy and happy New Year. Uh, Catherine Ransom, how are you? I am just fine, and I am healthy, and I am happy, uh, Frank. I think that's a good way to start on January the second, don't you? Yeah, no, no doubt about it. It's a, uh, it's, it's, as long as everybody's healthy, and if uh, if there's happiness there, guess what? That means we had a good, good holiday season. We came out the other side very, very nicely. Well, and we have we have sort of cold weather here the last two days. I mean, cold meaning that we had been in the 60s and so forth, and now it's in the 20s, and in the evening less than that, and we have snow flurries. But in the scope of snow and cold weather, we have zero to complain about. Uh, we just had to get our winter coat out to go to church was the only problem. So uh, that was about the first time I've worn it since I moved into our new apartment. <laughs> So wow. it, it was it was glad to get out and get used. You know, that's good. We celebrated here, though, on uh, uh, yesterday, I guess it was. No, on Saturday, we went to the opera, uh, at, in, but not in New York City, but it was live. Have you heard about the live uh, operas that are shown or they're shown on screen in big theaters? that are the live productions from New York City. And we saw the opera Cinderella. Have you ever seen Cinderella as an opera? No, I, I never have, but it sounds beautiful. Well, it is beautiful, but it was really strange, and it was, it was live from New York City. Yeah. But uh, the, the first thing that was really sort of strange is that the story itself, uh, I guess... To make it a, a whole opera, they had to add just a teensy bit. We knew that Cinderella was the stepdaughter of, you, you know, the female in the story. Yep. But in the opera, they add her father into it. And he had been, uh, I don't know whether his wife died or was divorced or whatever, but he and his daughter, Cinderella, were living alone, and he married this royalty, and moved to the castle thinking that that would be a great life for himself and for his daughter. And I'd never heard that piece of the story. And, of course, in the rest of the story, it's pretty much like we know the, the two obstreperous sisters and the, 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 the stepmother that needs to probably have her head pinched off or something. But, but, but then the other thing that was sort of interesting about it, you think of the opera in New York that the stage would be gorgeous. And that when they had the ball, you know, they would have all kinds of glitter and and fall-de-roll. Throughout the whole play, the stage was basically empty, except for the characters. And then they would bring on just a, a real few props. One time some when they were preparing to go to the ball, 
uh, there was a group of singing ladies, and they came out carrying a lamp, each of them, and that obviously was battery, and they set it on the stage, and then they took them out. So there were, you know, there maybe 20 or so lights there at one time. And uh, they they did have a, sort of a, 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 I don't know what, I would have called it a bunk bed in a little cage, meaning only that it was sort of a box that they could roll out onto the stage. And that was where the prince, when he was sort of grumbling and not wanting to go to the ball and all of those kind of things. And then that was basically, they rode a rug once, but basically that was the props with one exception. They had the most wonderful horses. They they were people horses in costumes that were incredible. The horses were just each one person. It wasn't one of those where they try to make a four-legged horse and, you know, you try to, one person rides inside and you don't see their head. But they knew that the, 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 the material that they used for the costume was elegant, soft and white, and the the horses moved their heads all the time. You know, you know how horses keep moving their head and they sort of prance their feet. Well, this group of horse horse people, <laughs> I guess you, I don't know hybrid horses. I guess you could call them. Uh, but it was absolutely the abs. Actually, all of the costuming was stupendous. It was just the props were totally gone. And I don't know whether that made it easier to quickly show uh, or whether they thought, because there were lots of children in the audience, whether they thought they didn't need props or whether it was because they were trying to save money because the auditorium wasn't, you know, because we could see at times they showed pictures of the New York uh, where where the performance was being held. And there, it, there were a lot of people there, but it wasn't. It was a long shot from being full. Uh, so I thought, well, maybe they were trying to save money. But it was really fun, and we had a good time, and that was a good way to s- sort of sprinkle some jazz into our weekend of the new year. Yeah. yeah. Just, I, you know what? I, you, I, while you're saying that, and I'm wondering if, you know, because this is you're watching the opera virtually, right? You know, and uh, yeah, on on screen, that's right. On screen, maybe when in, you're in, when you're in the opera itself, you're not noticing the props, right? Because you're you're sitting a little further away. You know, people have their opera glasses and they're really listening. But when when it comes to TV, you know, uh, it, it's a whole different TV or computer or however people are watching it. It's a whole different game, and. Yeah, it's it's a new it's a new world. I, I I'm surprised that you said that. What this is at the Metropolitan uh, Opera. This is yeah, yeah, right, absolutely. I mean, the singers were incredible. The music was interesting. It isn't the. It will never be my favorite opera because of the music. But it was, as I said to someone, it's a it is a perfect opera to introduce young people to the genre of opera because uh, they did not take any break. There were were four scenes, and they did not take any break. And I imagine that had partially to do with the COVID so that they didn't have to have people crammed into the foyer and and out, you know, outside of the – so we just went straight through uh, from – 
word one to word 99,000 or however many words there were. But it was interesting, and we were glad. And uh, we have attended these live operas uh, on film, and we will probably try to go to several of them. They're, they happen about every two weeks. And if you enjoy opera and can't get into New York City, uh, check out your movie theater. You might find that uh, they're being shown there in your area. Uh, and you, we paid 20 bucks, and that's we, if we've gone to the opera in New York, it would have cost us a whale of a lot more than that. Uh, just even to get in the door, let alone the travel. Well, anyway, speaking of travel, yeah. did you did you go anywhere at Christmas, or did you just stay home? I I went to my uh, I went to my mother in law's for Christmas Eve, and I went to uh, my sister's for uh, for Christmas. And I was just getting over COVID, if you remember. So I uh, I had tested negatively three times. I, I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to get anybody <laughs> sick, and uh, and it was my first. You know, two days out, really. You know, when it when it came down to it, so it was it was uh, to me, even though they were fairly close uh, proximity-wise, uh, it was a big trip for me. But no, we didn't do the big travel like you did. You, you're the one well, who did the big traveling. Yes, we we did it. We had a we had a nice trip. We went to Oklahoma City, and all three of my nieces were there. One had traveled from Hawaii, she and her husband. One had traveled from Alabama. And, of course, the third one lived in Oklahoma City. And then we came from Illinois, which is 600, just almost exactly 600 miles. And we had good roads, good roads, yeah, Yeah. good roads. And that was a celebration. But it takes us just about 10 hours, so that's a a healthy day by the time you do it. And uh, But we came together as a family. And it was, it, you know, family time is, is great. Uh, it's, uh, we came to celebrate the, the Lord's birth. And as I was thinking about that, I thought about how long did it take me to go or us to drive 600 miles, about 10 hours. And then I thought about Mary and Joseph. And they had to travel from Nazareth, to Bethlehem for to celebrate uh, the, the well, not to celebrate. I guess it, it's their first child, so they probably celebrated at Jesus' birth. But now stop and think: How do you know how far it is from Bethlehem to Nazareth, no, or Nazareth to Bethlehem, whichever way you're going to go? Is it a couple hundred miles? No, it's only ninety. Oh, okay. But I looked up, and now. You know, they would probably walk. Mary might have been on a donkey. They probably were with a crowd because they were going, you know, that they had been commanded to go to, to, uh, to Bethlehem. And I don't know how fast you can walk a mile. And I don't know how fast you could, your wife could have walked a mile when she would have been just about ready to deliver one of your children. But I can walk uh, a couple of miles in an hour if I, you know, really turn on my speed. So if we said, just pretending that we could walk a couple miles an hour, and it's 90 miles, when I looked it up on the on Google, they said it would have probably taken the group or taken Mary and Joseph about four days to walk. Now think how quick you can go 90 miles. 10 hours and I went 600 miles. 
They took four days. Just think of the change of how, you know, how we get any place. It, it, I think sometimes we just gaily read the Bible and we think, well, Jesus went to Jerusalem today and he went to Nazareth yesterday and he, he's going to be in Bethany before long and he's going to cross the Jordan and he's going to go on. And but we forget he can't hop a cab. He can't get on a bus. He doesn't have a car. Yeah, there's no it's Uber a, app. There's no Uber no, that's right. And it's it really is just sort of interesting. And then I, the, the second observation I made, have you ever visited your family and then sometimes what, thought, ooh, I think maybe I stayed a day too long? Yeah. Oh, sure. I've done that. Or even an hour too long. Uh, or, or yeah. Or, two hours too long, but a day too long. Yeah, I've, I, I've done that for sure. And And yet you do need to stay. And I thought Mary and Joseph, had to stay about eight days, we would sort of guess, because they were there for the Jewish uh, uh, circumcision. Right. Right. And then they've got to turn around and do that. I had to turn around and do the 10-hour <clears throat> drive back home. They would have to turn around and walk for another four days, He's a carpenter, probably. That's what the sort of thing he was. <clears throat> Just think of his business. If you're gone <clears throat> four days to go, you're in Bethlehem for, let's just pretend, roughly a week, and then you've got four more days to get back. You haven't made any money all that time because I doubt that he was on a, cover, a government uh, contract that would uh, pay the bills he probably just had to suck it up. It's sort of interesting when we sort of think about that. So I'm glad that, I really am glad, Frank, that I don't live back in those days if you want to know the truth. I, just, yeah, amazing when you when you break it down like that. I mean, that is a, that is a journey. You know what, you, you know, you got to think, people say to you, you rode 10 hours? You rode 10 hours to Oklahoma City? You know, think about what, no, Jesus, uh, Jesus's parents uh, did. Uh, you just laid it out uh, to have have him to uh, to deliver. You know, not not just for him, but for the world. And uh, you know, I don't. You know, obviously, I don't think they knew the impact that Christ would have. You know, uh, the birth of Christ. Nobody would could have known uh, what what was. Uh, um, going to happen even 2,000 years later and, uh, and you know, 33 years later dying for our sins and everything else. It's, uh, yes, you know, it was written about it, but, uh, you know, if you think about it at that time, I mean, it, to, to do all of that, all of that, um, it seems like a small thing to do for what we've gotten out of it as Christians, as, as society, as the world. <coughs> But try telling them at that time, you know, it would, it would probably be a hard, hard thing to explain. Oh, I agree. <clears throat> but anyway, we have lots of things for which to be thankful. Uh, we uh, had a, a, a nice start for the new year here in our part of the world. And uh, Concordia had a, a New Year's party for us if we wanted to go. Only they had to do it on Thursday night 
because they wanted to have um, well, they wanted to have professional development. Have you ever had professional development at your New Year at your New Year party? Uh, not no, not at a party. That's that's for sure. But uh, I, I'm I'm anxious to hear what professional development was. Well, it is a group of five musicians, <laughs> each of whom they're each school school teachers or administrators, and I suppose they thought it would be fun to uh, say that they were going to go do professional development, and that meant they were taking their five-piece uh, band to someplace and have a party. So, well, yeah, because it almost sounds sort of serious when I said I went to professional development on New Year's Eve. I mean, doesn't that sound good? And, you know, I could have told my mother that, you know, well, I've got, I'm not going to be here right now. I'm going to go to professional development and... Uh, but, uh, it, How would you do that on New Year's? You know, that's. <laughs> yeah. that is, I just thought that is funny. I thought it was. I thought it was great. Uh, have you made your resolution, New Year resolution, yet? Well, I usually make a big long list of things oh. that I would like to accomplish, and I want to finish this book, or I want to finish that, I want to uh, finish this record, I want to, you know, th- that type of thing, and uh, and I usually make a pretty big list. And and uh, often things, uh, a lot of things get done, and some things uh, don't, and they become less important or whatever. But uh, yes, I've made I've made resolutions, but I do it in a different way. Have you made yours? Well, I'm not. I never have been good at resolutions uh, because I know that I get if if I make if I always have that uh, unwritten list in my head of things and unfortunately that list is way too long so if i had it written down then i'd feel really bad i make checklists for the day i'm looking at a checklist here with four things on it right now that i need to go to goodwill and i need to to take a book to the office and i need to check my y membership and i need to uh go to barnes and noble because apparently they have books hardback books for 50 percent off and but so a list helps me but a list that would last the whole year um i'm not i'm not very good at that but you know somebody who really really is good at uh uh and we don't really call it resolutions, but do you realize that God has made a whole bunch of promises? And I have absolute confidence that he's going to keep those. For example, Isaiah really got into this talking about God's promises. And one of them I think will be fun. He's going to call you by your name, or he's going to call me by my name. And I don't know what name he's going to use. Will he call me Catherine? Or will he call me Kathy? Or will he call me what my family calls me, Katie? Or what my dad called me was K-A? But I do know he's going to know who I am. And that's really important. And another promise he did, he told, he told Isaiah, he said, you've got to listen to me. And I'm not always good at listening. But he said, one of the things I'm going to do for you is I'm going to comfort you. And today, that's not a bad promise, is it? That he's going to comfort us. Because I don't know about New York, but here in Illinois, things are just a teeny-weeny bit tense over all of this COVID and 
and the, the way people are getting ill. I, is that maybe true in New York City also, or New York area, or the East Coast? No, no question about it. I was just in the supermarket, and, and it was, uh, you know, not, not only tense, but, I mean, people are angry that they have to wear masks, and some people are angry that people don't have them uh, up properly over their nose, and and people have excuses. You have people saying they're taking away our rights, and you know all kinds of uh, debates. But there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of stress uh, during this time, during this this pandemic. And and I, I think people would uh, would love an atta boy or an atta girl from from the Lord saying, uh, you know, comfort. I, I I'm going to comfort you. Maybe more now than than ever before, uh, as a society as a whole. Somehow we just have to figure out how to accept that comfort. He, he, he didn't say, he, he, he didn't promise us that we would never have a problem or that we would never have stress or because he even, he even experienced stress, obviously, and, and discomfort. My guess is feet maybe even got tired sometimes in those sandals walking all over. At least mine would. They'd be dirty and they probably would be. But... During that, and I think this season of the year, the holiday, also I think we get a little more added stress. Uh, as we reflect back over the last month, you know, deciding what gifts we're going to give and who's, who are we going to have as visitors? Or are we going to a party? Or is the winter going to keep us from celebrating uh, because the weather is bad? Or and then some people have to work extra hours. I was looking at the overtime that post office personnel and uh, delivery men from whatever company you use to deliver packages. Salespeople are working overtime. Uh, I looked at somebody's salary the other day. It, it was on the news. I didn't look it up personally. And, and Whatever I think they had, they made normally fifty thousand, and because of the overtime for the holiday, they were making a hundred thousand. Well, it may be fun to have the money, but you know they're going to be a little tired and a little stressed out because uh, it, it's hard to work twice as many hours as you normally do, or whatever half, maybe even only half as many. But so it, it's an interesting time. Uh, even simple things, and I share a family story. I have a great nephew, and he and his wife have two young children in Alabama. It's the little boy's fourth birthday in mid-December. Mother wants to celebrate that birthday, so she does some research, and she finds a beautiful pattern for a cake for a little boy. She gets help getting what she needs. She goes to the store and buys an item, which I'll share in just a moment, and she makes the cake. It's a chocolate cake. She covers it with really thick, dark chocolate frosting. She then takes those little, she has purchased some little small trucks, little toy trucks, she sets them on roads that she has made on top of the chocolate icing and displays these little trucks on the top. She leaves the kitchen for a few moments, and she comes back. And Noah has found the cake, the four-year-old. 
has grown up there, and he is having a ball moving the trucks in the mud. The mud. The mud. Isn't that... Isn't that a great little boy story? <laughs> That's unbelievable. When you said put the truck the the trucks on the road, I I just started thinking, uh oh, uh oh, that doesn't sound that doesn't that sounds too tempting for a four year old to uh, to pass up. That is wonderful. What a what a one. And I'm sure I'm sure nobody uh, complained because now they have a story to tell forever. They have this story, and that that little boy will uh, will will tell that story when he's ninety years old, and uh, and to his great grandchildren, and uh, you know whoever, or to uh, some other people. It's it's a great story. Yeah, he ruined the cake, but guess what? Uh, he created a memory that people will never forget. Well, it, and his name is Noah. And the famous Bible Noah sort of had a had some transportation problems <laughs> himself <laughs> as he tried to guide that boat around in the in the flood. So it, it, it does it does have his mother did um, decide that she needed to make a fresh dessert. So she uh, I think went out and bought some uh, cupcakes or something. I don't remember exactly. And then she sort of tidied up the cake. So I'm sure everybody at the party heard about. Uh, the story of why Noah was playing in the mud with his trucks. That's terrific. That's a wonderful but, little boy story. But think of the other little boy who was a man, probably 30-ish, who went to, was invited to a party, and his name was Jesus, and he was mar- invited to the home of Mary and Martha. And if you remember that story, one of those individuals got really upset because just as Noah's mother was distressed and called her mother-in-law and said, what are we going to do? They don't live in the same town. Martha was upset that her sister Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to him talk. And she was having to get the cake ready or the cupcakes or the tea or whatever they were going to do. And she came in and she said, you know, don't you care, Jesus, that or Lord, that my sister has left me to do the work? And Jesus answers, you are worried and upset. Mary has chosen the better thing to do. Sometimes as the hostess, we forget that our guests are the most important, and uh, we need to prioritize, because I think you acknowledge that Noah has a memory, as well as his mother, that they'll never forget, and that's what Mary was trying to do with Jesus. I want to hear what he has to say. He's our guest. I wanted to say to Martha, why didn't you have the dinner ready before they before he came? That's right, that's right. I, you know, I never, I, I never thought of that. I've heard that story a hundred times, but I've never really looked at it that way. Right? I mean, it's, uh, it, you know, you you have an opportunity to listen to an, an interesting guest. I mean, this is the Lord. This is our Savior, and uh, you know. Uh, when when they ask when people ask me you know who would be your house guest who would be your your favorite dinner party guest in history if you can go back and you know i think the majority of the people will say jesus or something like that you, you imagine they have 
Jesus in their uh, in in their midst. They have an opportunity to hear the wisdom of the Lord and to hear the the, the greatness come out of the mouth of our our Savior. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I think the I I think that the the meal should have been prepared beforehand and take advantage of of an opportunity like this but you know again uh, you know we it's easy in hindsight um 2020 hindsight right we could look back and say of course that's what should they they should have done but uh, another great lesson and and Catherine a, a wonderful wonderful point you just made but you know I think even if we just talk about general hospitality ourselves without considering the the sort of the extrapolation with sure. with the Lord, that sometimes I think we have guests in our own home and we get sort of carried away with doing the last minute food. But I think most people today are pretty well prepared before the the guests arrive. And then we tend to want to cook some of the food at the last minute. You've probably gone out and done the barbecue. But you take part of your guests out there and you talk and you barbecue. Or, uh, you know, you're stirring the last or dishing things up. But it's sort of implied that Martha was even doing more than just that last minute, uh, putting the food on the table or, you know, whatever. So it, it's, it's just an interesting story that we need to stop and I think the lesson we learn from it is that we need to be careful that we set the right priorities. And it isn't just about guests and food. It, do I use my time wisely? Do I spend too much time doing Sudoku puzzles, which I like to do? And I like to, I like to listen and look up the news. I, I really do. I, I spend a lot of time... Just going to the computer or my phone and just reading the newspapers, you know, and, and not every word or so forth. Is that the best use of my time? I'm guessing every one of us occasionally waste time, and, and that's okay. But I do need, there's people I need to write thank you to. There's people who I need to send a sympathy card to. Some uh, a friend really needs to talk to somebody. She's lonely. She has no family. She's older. Uh, I need. I need to. As one of my resolutions, Frank, probably should be Kathy. You need to sort of prioritize prioritize your time. Maybe you need to work one less Sudoku a day and add one more letter to somebody who needs a quick word of encouragement. That's a wonderful thought. That's a you know all of us and and you're giving the the you know the puzzle example of something you can give up, something that you do that you know it's not life and death. It's enjoyable. It's relaxing. But yes, if uh, if you if you can touch somebody's life and make it an impact, and uh, and you know that's what we do at, at, with letters and especially as we get older, as you know we all get older, to hear that letter or. or to uh, to see that letter or get that phone call uh, means a lot to us. It, 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 I think I think we forget. I, I, and, and I'm just thinking here at the moment, off the top of my head, too, that I have a family that were friends, and they have an older son who's 30, who has some very uh, unusual uh, health conditions that. Uh, uh, that's not really allowing him to have a job to, to live alone or do anything 
And one time his father said to, to me, you know, you sent a card to my son, and you would have thought that you had sent him a gold bullion. He was so excited just to have his own letter to open. We don't sometimes realize how much a simple little thing like Mary sitting at the knees of Jesus and listening or someone sending a card or a call to someone that just really wanted to, to, to talk or to have his own mail. And why don't we take more time to do that? We just get busy in our own little worlds. And that's my, that's sort of, probably should be something I need to even work on to a better conclusion. I, I'm not bad at doing some of that, but we all get lazy at times. At least I do. Well, I'm going to get my tea bags out, and we're going to relax. And you and I are going to have a cup of tea far away. We're imagining. And as we have, mine's going to be green tea, and I don't know what kind of tea you drink, but we're going to suck it together here. And instead of two uh, two beers that we clank glasses with or wine, we're going to clank a little tea party and uh, I'm going to wish our audience uh, a, an incredible 2022 and we're going to pray that somehow we get this COVID somewhat a little more under control, my friend, because people are not coming to church as much as they should. It's harder to worship. It's harder to help others. So we have a goal. Have a great year. You too, Catherine. And uh, wow, uh, just uh, wonderful. Every time, every time I listen to you talk, I, I walk away with uh, some wonderful, wonderful feelings. But, you know, incredible things to think about in the future. And to all of you. Uh, to all of you, uh, Merry Christmas, and uh, the the Christmas that has passed, but we're still in the season, and uh, and I, you know, we usually take down our Christmas tree on the Feast of the Wise Men, uh, which I think is the seventh, right? The January seventh, and that's uh, traditionally what we're doing. And to everyone out there, have a a wonderful New Year, as Catherine says. Uh, you've been listening to Ransom Notes, uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Ransom Notes.